Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we're continuing our series about the attributes of God. Now we're on episode 10 of that series, dealing with the faithfulness of God. Again, we're using A.W. Pink's The Attributes of God kind of as our uh, guide. Uh, We're kind of loosely following that the structure in that book, and so we've come to section 10, The Faithfulness of God. So joining us today is the guest that's been here, probably the most, Ray Jewell, author, pastor, blogger, professor, teacher, uh, jack of all trades. Uh, Ray Jewell, welcome to the podcast again. Master of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. I always enjoy coming, and uh, you know, I, I'm really... Uh, excited and sort of nervous about talking the, about mm. the attributes of God. Uh, they're there, obviously, and Scripture talks about all these things. And so, you know, narrowing it, our thoughts today to the faithfulness of God, um, I think that's probably the one that I have experienced the most mm. in my life. You know, I mean, I I keep screwing up. Yep. <laughs> And yet, God is faithful to keep drawing me back, and uh, I, 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 I assume that happens for those who are uh, like David. You know, right. men, uh, we're men after God's own heart, uh, women after God's own heart, children after God's own heart. He will faithfully draw us back to Him. Right. Now, you said you constantly screw up. Does that account for your Armenian theology? Or, well, you know, however, however you want to read that, Kevin, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, you know, the, the interesting thing about the Pink Book is it is obviously coming from a Calvinist right. perspective. And uh, pretty much every page I'm, I'm seeing it. And so it was a struggle for me to read it. Sure. And the fact that they continued to use the King James Version and... The English that Pink uses is from a bygone era too. Right. What it said originally the '40s or something. So you know, it was probably the the intellectual language of the mm. day. <laughs> well, there's one thing that you and I can agree on: Calvinist Arminian is that a we constantly screw up. Yes. You and I. Right. I mean, we are we are sinners well, yeah, by nature. Sinners. Yeah. And uh, we, despite all of that, we can both also agree that God remains faithful to us despite of our sin and despite of our constant shortcomings and yes. constant mistakes. Well, and I think the thing that... Um, one of the ways he shows his faithfulness to us is when we get it right. Hmm. You know, when, we, when we're doing the things of God... Uh, the righteous acts that we do are from Him right. working through us. It's right. nothing. I, you know, I mean, I struggle with that because I'm a proud, yep. you know, person, and and I, I like to take credit for what I do, but I can't. Right. And uh, you know, so anything that I've learned about Scripture, in a very real sense, it's imputed to me. Yeah by God, through his word, through his spirit, through his son, through him, through other believers. Um, it's all part of this faithfulness that he is uh, giving to us. Right. And, and you know, I'm sounding more like a Calvinist, <laughs> aren't I? 
<laughs> that's that's because you're hanging out with me and you're yeah. hanging out on the show. Well, let's define our terms. Okay. Um, so faithfulness, the attribute of God. This is by uh, Wayne Grudem, who you guys know is my my go-to guy. Mm-hmm. The attribute of God, whereby He will always do what He has said, and will fulfill what He has promised. Mm-hmm. So, do you, would you add anything to that, or, 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 or change that in any way? Well, I think that sums it up pretty well. I mean, it, it, you know, it's like any definition, you can always expand right. on it, but we're trying to keep this basic. Yes, <laughs> and trying to keep it within one episode. Oh, that too? Yes. Man. I know you, you struggle you, with that. You never let me just go, do you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I, I, the only thing I would add to that, I don't know if I'd add so I don't know if that's that's the best word, mm-hmm. but how I would elaborate on that is the idea of faith. faith the idea of faithfulness to me has the idea of something that is reoccurring, mm-hmm. something that happens over and over and over again. So if, if you ask me, um, are you faithful to your wife? Well, what does that mean? I, I, I stick with her. Um, I'm there with her. I, I'm not you know, going out on dates. It, it's a continual, th- I'm there every day. Through thick and thin. Through- right whatever happens and it's a you know it's a struggle to remain faithful in that in that setting um and yet it's a struggle to be to remain faithful in a relationship with the idiots that we are right right. (laughs) for god i the only way i guess he can do that is he's perfect in that right and uh you know, his faithfulness is without limit. Every page of the Bible, you see this faithfulness. Right. He's faithful to the to Abraham. You know, yeah. go to this place. I'm going to show you. You know, trust me in this. And that's the thing, right. I guess I want to say right up front. Our response to his faithfulness is trusting him. Right. And that's uh, really a, an eye-opening thing. Because regardless of what things look like outwardly and from our eyes, God's eyes sees all the possibilities. And you know what? It's sort of like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm-hmm. said to Nebuchadnezzar. If we die, hey, we're still in God's right. hands. We're going to trust him. Right. And he is so faithful, like with the Israelites, they screwed up and screwed up and screwed up and 40 years in the wilderness because of it. And yet he continues to right. uh, use that because he's got a bigger plan in mind. You know, I, I was that's part of it. Just going through recently the book of Hosea mm-hmm. and here oh. you talk about the, the faithfulness of God. Yeah. So the, the marriage of Hosea is supposed to be a uh, an illustration of God's faithfulness to us. So here, right. God tells Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Go marry a whore. By the name of Gomer, by right. the way. <laughs> go marry Gomer, and by the way, she's not going to be faithful to you. Yeah. So I want you to marry someone who's not going to be faithful to you, but you are going to be faithful to her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if that isn't a great picture, because we often, um, in our relationship with God, we are prone to go astray. Mm-hmm. I think it was Isaac Watts, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I mean, we're we're constantly searching after other avenues for happiness, joy, peace, whatever. As, sorry to quote Calvin. Uh, John Calvin said, the heart is an idol factory. The human well, heart is an idol know, factory. Well, I mean, it's... John Calvin is... You know, there, there are people like, I think, Mr. Pink who are more Calvinist than John Calvin was, so... 
<laughs> so yeah, the idea of faithfulness, a reoccurring thing. Yeah. Um, when I think of it, as we turn to the scripture, I mean, we've already looked at some scriptures, but the one that jumps out at me, and maybe it's because of the, the hymn, but uh, Lamentations chapter three twenty two, and it's interesting. Lamentations is written as the people of Israel are are taken away in captivity. Uh, this is literally Jeremiah weeping over the fact that he had called Israel to repentance time and time again. They rejected him. They uh, banished him. They, they in, imprisoned him. But he, he still... He didn't, even, he didn't even get to go with them on exile. Right. He, he ended up going the other way to Egypt. Um, and so he is weeping over the people as he's watching them walk away. But he's still talking about God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. He says in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So I want you to resist the urge to sing. <laughs> and for the sake of my listeners, I will not sing either. Uh, but great is his faithfulness. Again, in, mm-hmm. in the midst of our sin, he's still faithful. Well, and it's, it's hard for our finite minds to grasp this. Right. Because, you know what? If if people treated me and treat me the way that we treat God, I'd get tired of it after a while. Yeah. I wouldn't be faithful after a while. And you know, but God is constantly to the point of sending his son to die on the cross. Yeah. Uh, because that's what he's promised. I mean, simply because he promised to do these things, he continues to do them, and uh, you know it, it sort of piggybacks on some of the other attributes. Uh, oh know, yeah, for sure. We're going to be talking about patience, uh, and you know that that faithfulness and his patience together. That's why we're still here, right? Because God wants everybody, all of His creation, to come to Him, and uh, that that kind of mentality. It's well, it's like Jonah. Yeah, you know Jonah. He, he, he wasn't going to go to Nineveh. He, he tried to run the other way. And even when he gets to Nineveh, he's, after he goes through and tells him to repent and whatnot, he's sitting there and he's waiting for God to blast him. Right. And God is faithful to his word because the Ninevites repented. Now, 50, 60 years later, they obviously were destroyed. Right. But that generation came to God. You know what's interesting about Jonah is, you mentioned that Jonah preached repentance, mm-hmm. but we actually don't see that in the book of Jonah. In the book of Jonah, Jonah never actually says the word repent. He just tells them, 40 days and you guys are gone. Yeah. But the Ninevite king, you know, all of a sudden decides to repent because he knew to some degree who God was yeah. and counted on God to forgive and to show mercy and patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when Jonah wasn't even uh, that hopeful, or, or actually Jonah's hoping the other way. Exactly. He, he hated them. Right. He hated the Ninevites. And the, thing, the, the interesting thing about the king, the king spread the word. I mean, the king had pretty ultimate authority in Nineveh. Right. To where they were all in sackcloth and ashes. Yeah. So you know, that's an, a, a, an instance in, in Scripture where uh, someone in uh, command politically made a difference yeah. for the whole 
country or right. city state or whatever you would describe Nineveh as and uh, and and yet today you know we cry and bemoan our leadership and we look for one person to stand up and do the right thing mm. and in reality maybe it's we right. that need to be the one standing up and doing the right thing because we can only affect who we can yeah. affect well let's look at hebrews another passage hebrews uh-huh. 10 i'm reining you in here no never <laughs> um <laughs> hebrews 10 verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from the from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful mm-hmm. so it makes the the christian life possible which makes our uh, attempt to live a righteous and godly life is the faithfulness of god yeah and i again i would uh, people when i when i preach about living a Christian life, and when I talk to people about it, I, I'm constantly reminding them, because I think in the process I'm reminding myself, yeah. God has faithfully given us the Holy Spirit so we can live the way that he's called right. us to live. Again, there's no way that we can do that on our own. Yeah, but That becomes works righteousness, and that's totally against Scripture. You know, it's the what we do when it's something that we do right, it is God doing it through yeah. us. I think sometimes there's a fear in that because this world does not embrace the Christian faith mm-hmm. or what it means to live out the Christian life. And so to do that, you've got to take a stand that's going to be unpopular. We were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, We're going to say some things that people aren't going to like that doesn't ring true in the ears of an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And we're going to face, to some degree, some persecution or a, a rejection from loved ones rejection from the mainstream thought of this society and we have to ask ourselves is it worth it mm-hmm. and the answer is yes because despite how things look god is faithful to take care of his own and he's still in control right you know that's i, I, I the the thing is we don't know who's listening who's watching I think everybody in one, at one time or another in their lives is actually looking for, because they're made in the image of God, they're looking for, yearning for true answers yeah. to the questions that they have. And it's up to us to just to be faithful and trusting in God that he knows what he's doing. Right. You know, it's when I try to take some of that control back yeah. in some area of my life that uh, that actually is sinful because he's trying to usurp God's place in the grand scheme of things. Well, dangerous to avoid. Um, one of the things I, I just kind of popped in my head is that idea, as we were just kind of talking about, sometimes our temptation is to think, we look at the world around us, or we even look at our own sin, and we think, I fail time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. There's no way that God could use me. Mm -hmm. There's no way that I could live a godly life. I might as well not even try. Yep. And... (laughs) I fall into that trap. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. We... Well, especially in... 
man, I can't speak for the church around the world because I'm not familiar with the church around the world, but I'm familiar with the church in America. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, yeah, we do that constantly. And uh, the, you know, we're supposed to be salt and light and uh, influencing the world. Well, it looks like you look around, the world's influencing the church. Right. And infiltrated the church in many different ways that it's hard to root it out. Um, but, you know, and I don't want to get to saying we have to be perfect because, yeah. you know, none of us are. But to be in, a, in relationships with people that we can hold each other accountable, like what I believe you yeah. and I have, is such an important part of the Christian life that, you know, God didn't tell us, okay, here's your job. Go do it by yourself. Yeah. Gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us other believers that we can interact with. You know, he... He gives us our past experiences to know, have a good sense of what to avoid and what to do. And, uh, you know, and we, we have a conscience yeah. that uh, lies to us at times. But at times, you know, we really know when we're doing something wrong. And it's because, well, you know, it's like we're, we're like kids. I'm going to push the envelope as far as I can. Right. But I want my dad to stop me. Yeah. Before I go too far. Well, and, and I think, you know, we all sin and we, we all are guilty of that. Yeah. And the answer to that is not just to give up. No. The answer no. is to realize that God is still faithful even when I'm not. Uh, Romans 5 20, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Mm -hmm. And so the answer is not throw in the towel, be discouraged, and give up, but to go to God. Uh, John 1, 9, uh, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. So the answer to that is we can always come to God, even after we've screwed up time and time again, mm -hmm. over and over. Was that 1 John 1, 9? 1 John 1, 9, okay. yeah, sorry. Because um, <laughs> I'm thinking the prologue of John, yeah. no, that's not there. <laughs> no, 1 John 1, 9, you're right. Okay. Um, and so we can always go to God, no matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've done it, mm -hmm. and he will forgive us, and you know what? Proverbs, just man falls seven times and rises up again. Yeah. Then the second, I think, danger here is what I've written down here, presumptuous sin. Mm -hmm. Well, God's faithful, so he's going to forgive me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this anyway, mm -hmm. and I'll just ask forgiveness for it later. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that's a that, deadly that, way of doesn't, thinking. Doesn't the Bible say, don't tempt God? Right. <laughs> that would be tempting <laughs> God, I think. And so, yeah... The, that's never an acceptable thing. No. And in fact, I think that's evidence of a heart that that's not something a regenerated heart right. comes up with. So if you're in that situation, that's a very dangerous place to be in. Yeah. And the, the way to avoid that, there's several things. I think being in the Word and yeah. prayer right. daily, I mean, you know, just the benefit of daily quiet time I, you know, a lot of people especially guys sort of yeah. I mean naturally I sort of go when it comes to that but I think it's it's part of the the walk that we have but again not just that we got to be interacting with other believers preferably people of the same gender yeah. because the other way can really cause wreak havoc in uh, sure and not just in the family or the marriage but actually can affect the whole church right. and beyond and the, the thing is constantly constantly praying lord 
work through me today, make me aware of the the blind spots that I might have or the things that are obviously wrong. Uh, I think David's prayer after uh, Nathan came to him and said, you know, you're the man. Right. You're, you're the one that, that did this nasty thing. You know, uh, created me a clean heart. Yeah. And search me, oh God. Know my thoughts today and you know, help me be what you want me to be right. instead of just uh, you know me going along in my merry way and going further and further down. Because once you start something, and you know if you do something for the first time, let's say a kid, okay, ten-year-old kid goes into the store and he steals a tootsie roll, doesn't get caught, you know, no alarms go off as he leaves right. the store. He's got a tootsie roll. Then he goes back and you know he starts. He goes for a whole. Snickers bar this time, and he's still successful. And then he goes back and he's, well, I'm going to take a whole bag of M&Ms. Mm. And it just starts to snowball and right. snowball and make it worse and worse. And then finally, you know, before long, he finally gets caught. He gets himself into trouble for major theft, ends up in juvie, and then his life is really yeah. ruined. Well, sin's the same way, and, and Satan knows that's how yeah. it works. That, he, that's, he, atta- he doesn't attack me with uh, alcohol yeah. because I'm not tempted by alcohol. Yeah. I can go to a bar, and I have gone to a bar, and I'll drink Coke or you know, water and just sit around and talk to people and try to you know, share my life as a, as a believer with them. But you know, there are other things that you know that he tempts me with and i have to there's there's a reason it says the bible says flee from temptation flee from satan because he's a roaring lion waiting to devour and he is trying to make us believe that god is not faithful yeah well that's the thing he's a liar so he's going to be doing uh, his darndest to get us to not believe in all of these attributes of God. Right. That doesn't mean that they're not true, you know. But that's what the the chief of liars does, and it's a scary thought, you know. And again, and I don't want to battle Satan on my own. Right. You know, too many times people try, and it it blows up in their face. That's again, the faithfulness of God promotes uh, our trust in him that we will be faithful to him as he has been faithful to us and that's really as we get into an application that's the main application we take away from this Mm -hmm. god is faithful despite our sinfulness therefore we can trust him because we've seen him over and over again you know uh, i I know the sun is going to rise tomorrow why because it's risen every other single day of my life Mm -hmm. and so i know that's going to happen i count on that happening there are certain things that just take as a given because it happens all the time. Right. Well, when I look at God and I see his faithfulness and I see that he's been faithful every single time, well then, yeah, I'm going to trust him tomorrow because of all... And that, We see that rehearsed in the Old Testament all the time. How many times do we see Israel's history? To, I am the God that brought you out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why is he doing that? Because he's reminding everyone of all the times he's been faithful in the past. And so we have no reason to doubt he'll be faithful in the future and he'll be faithful to us right now. Yeah, I think that that, that is a key part of the Christian life. 
you know, I unfortunately I know a lot of people who grew up and have been a part of the church all their lives, but they're fifty, they're they're like fifty years Christian, but they're only they're still at infancy. Yeah, yeah. Because they haven't gotten to the place in their lives where they have the confidence that we need to live for Christ and yeah. and the the faith and the trust to step out to get out of our comfort zone. That, I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in uh, the American church is our comfort zones. We we are used to our creature comforts, but we're also used to our relational and uh, other comforts. I mean, growing up in Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, you know, there was no racial issues because there may have been one or two uh, African-American families and maybe one Hispanic family the whole time I was growing up. So, to, you know, so that's a comfort zone that I grew yeah. up with. And uh, to break out of that, you know, I just had to trust God in situations. You know, I've worked a good part of my life in Beloit, um, probably more in Beloit than just about anywhere. Uh, I've had, I worked for a while at Beloit College before I was married as a security guard. And then I've been uh, a substitute teacher in the Beloit District for nine years. And then, you know, uh, my teaching at Judson University, I've had uh, different ethnicities in the, in the classroom and stuff. And, and you just learn and you trust that whatever situation you're in, God's there. Yeah. And he's got you there for a reason. Well, uh, we're going to wrap things up here with our recommended resources. Um, I've got a few here. Ray, is there anything that comes to you off the top of your head? No, just go ahead with what you got here. Well, we've got, obviously, we're, we're going through the book, Attributes of God by A.W. Pink. But in addition to that, uh, a book that's really helped me in my devotional life, just in my trust in God, it's a book called Everyday Prayers, 365 Days to a Gospel-Centered Faith by Scotty Smith. And it's really, a fa- it, 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 they're very short prayers for each day. I mean, maybe like a paragraph long. So it's not an intimidating book, and it just draws you to the faithfulness of God. It's a very, as it says here, a gospel-centered uh, book, but it's, it's really helped me grow in my faith and in, in trusting God. So I'd recommend that. Also, there's a sermon here by John Piper that I found helpful, Sustained by the Faithfulness of God. So I'll have those on the website, and that website is www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And so, Ray... We've done it. We've kept it into one episode. Yoo-hoo! That doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for, for listening, and we'll be back next time. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at BasicBibleCast, and uh, we'll be with episode 11 next week on our series on the attributes of God, and uh, that attribute is the goodness of God we'll be talking about next time. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Okay.